Howdy, howdy, friends. Welcome to episode 39 of Running with Sam and Dave. This is the 700th episode here of the Run of the Mills podcast, the um, the daily run through the Bible, as we call it. And uh, man, my podcast has a lot of names. Um, but anyway, hey, let's uh, let's look at First Samuel chapter nine. What we've been reading about is Saul and his servant who are out looking for his father's lost donkeys. And they've looked everywhere. They've gotten to the point where they're like, we just need to go home because Saul says, you know, my father's going to start worrying about me more than his donkeys. And then they hear about Samuel, who they refer to as a seer. Um, that was one who would, you know, see the future, uh, that idea. Um would see the unseen things, uh, what they called a prophet before they were called prophets. And so they decide to go see him to see if he can help them find the donkeys. Um, and I mentioned this before, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with going to the Lord and asking him to help you find lost things. Don't ever feel bad asking, praying and saying, God, where did I put my car keys? Um, it's nothing wrong with praying for lost people, whatever's lost. Um, if there's anyone who knows where they are, it's the Lord. So, um, anyway, this is what they, this is what they say. Um, they say, well, let us, you know, let's Saul says, uh, verse 10, he says, well, well said, come, let us go. And so they went to the city where the man of God was. As they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? And they answered them and said, Yes, there he is just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to the city, because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. As soon as you come into the city, you will surely find him uh, before he goes up to the high place to eat, for the people will not eat until he comes, because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited will eat. Now therefore, go up, for about this time you will find him. So they went up to the city. And as they were coming to the city, there was Samuel coming out toward them on his way up to the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. Verse 17. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is, the man whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, please tell me, where's the seer's house? So I love this because I'm a Star Wars fan. And uh, if you remember in in Star Wars, the original, also now, known, now known as A New Hope, Luke Skywalker is looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he encounters Ben Kenobi, and he says to Ben Kenobi, I'm looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, and uh, I thought maybe you knew him or he was a relative of yours, and Ben Kenobi says, oh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now there's a name I have not heard in a long time. Since before you were born, I think, because... Anyway, I'm not going to get into that too much. But anyway, of course, Luke says, so you know him. Of course I know him. He's me. And then we see this happen again where Luke is looking for Yoda. And he's looking for Yoda and, you know, Yoda says, 
I take you to him, you know, well, he's me, you know, the same kind of thing. So here, I love this. Sam, Saul, Saul says to Samuel, I'm looking for the seer. Where's the seer's house? And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place. You shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. But as for your donkeys that you lost three days ago, do not anxious, be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on your father's house? And Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family the least of all the tri families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then do you speak like this to me? So Saul and Samuel meet up. Saul, uh, Samuel says to Saul, hey, go up to the, go up to the, the sacrifice. You can have some food. Um, and uh, I will tell you, you know, I, I'm going to let go ahead and I will tell you all that is in your heart. So he says some very strange things um, because all, all Saul wants is to know where his donkeys are. And uh, Samuel says, but as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, don't be anxious about them for they have been found. And, and then he says, and on whom is all the desire of Israel? So Saul's name means desired. So there's a little play on words, I think there. He says, is it not you and on all your father's house? So here Saul is looking for donkeys. And Samuel says, God has a much bigger plan for you. And I think this is a great lesson. And maybe this is something we ought to take a minute to talk about. And that is this, that so much of the time in our lives, we become anxious about the strangest things, or we get worried about little things, um, or those daily interruptions that we allow to, to disrupt us, you know, whether it be um, a flat tire or uh, and I was doing a chapel this weekend and all of a sudden the area where I was going to do the chapel, there were a bunch of yellow jackets and I had, and I moved it, you know, inconveniences, you know, where you can become very upset or very bent out of shape about these little inconveniences. Uh, before my chapel that I did this weekend, uh, we had a, at, at the camp where I am uh, employed, I, I do a weekend chapel and I was doing it for a group this weekend of mother daughters. And before it started, one of the mothers came up to me and she said, you know, what's this chapel thing? What is this? And, and I said, Oh, it, you know, it's, it's just an optional thing for the kids that and parents that want to participate. And she said, well, it's not, is this, Oh, she said, is this a non-denominational? And I said, yeah, it's, it's non-denominational because that's what it is. It's, we're not affiliated with any particular church or denomination. But I knew that wasn't what she was asking me. And because a lot of times when people are asking about denominations, they don't really know what that means. They don't know what non-denominational means. Usually what they mean is, is it ecumenical? Or maybe beyond that, is it universal? In other words, is it, is it very, is it unoffensive to anybody? Is it all embracing? Are you going to tell me that I'm wrong? You know, are you, and, and she said, so... When I said it's, you know, when I, I agreed it's not denominational, she said, so there won't be like a mention of Jesus or anything. And I said, oh, no, we will we'll definitely mention Jesus. 
And I told her it's not hellfire and brimstone or anything. Cause it's not, it's mostly little kids. And, um, and she said, well, this isn't in your brochure. You know, this, this wasn't in any of the information. It's not in your brochures. It's not. And I said, well, actually it's, it, you know, there are mentions of it on our website. And I told her, well, you know, the camp's owned by a Christian family. And she goes, well, this is, it's completely unnecessary. This is completely unnecessary. No, it's not completely unnecessary. To her, it was completely unnecessary because it's not part of her life. And she said, well, my daughter's going to feel left out if other kids go and she doesn't, which might be the case. But I told, I told her, I said, not all the kids go. Every week, there are people that come. There are people that don't come. It's, it's completely optional. But she, was, she left me still saying, oh, it's completely, completely unnecessary. And that was her perspective, was it was completely unnecessary. And I felt bad afterwards because I didn't get a chance to tell her. It's completely unnecessary. But the reason we do it, there's a lot of reasons we do it. But one of the reasons we do it is that there are people who come to the camp and they don't want to miss out on their Sunday morning worship. That's important to them. And while this might be completely unnecessary to you, to them, it is completely necessary for their life. And so we have offered it for those people who want to participate. Those people who believe it's necessary, it's for them. And we don't mean to make your daughter feel left out. She's welcome to come. You're welcome to come too, and you can talk to her about it afterwards. You know, But, but the whole purpose is we're not going to alienate, we don't want to alienate half of our clientele because somebody doesn't like church, you know, we're not going to say, well, we're not going to do a chapel time because there's somebody here that might not like that. We just tell them you don't have to go just like every church in America. You don't have to go to them. They're there. You can go, but you don't have to. Um, anyway, why am I bringing this up? Because it was right before I was going to chapel. I had this lady come up and talk to me and I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> frustration, um, and not what, I, you know, but here's the great thing. After I was able to share it was neat because I got to talk to people afterwards that participated and uh, talked with one, one, one lady in particular. Um, and it was just such a good thing to see, you know, God did something much bigger. God was doing something much bigger than the little irritant that was distracting me from my greater purpose and my greater job. And luckily it didn't distract me too much because I understand how, you know, oftentimes there are those spiritual attacks that we get, um, where I believe that, you know, the devil stirs things up to try to get our focus onto our present situation and onto those little things, those little inconveniences, those burrs in our shoe, so to speak. Um, and we forget things like the, the lesson of the oyster, you know, the oyster ha has the piece of sand that gets inside of it. And that piece of sand, which is an irritant though, becomes this great and valuable pearl, you know? And so it's very easy for us to get so hung up on the irritant and forget, you know what? God's doing a bigger thing. And God says to Saul, Hey, you're anxious about these donkeys, which in your family, that's an important thing. I mean, it's like losing a couple of trucks in their day. You know, this is a big deal, but in the larger scope and larger scheme, God is doing something else. And so don't be anxious about that. God has bigger things in, in store. God, God is working in the midst of the irritant of the missing donkeys. And I think the same is 
for, for you as well. Don't get caught up so much. Don't become so anxious about the temporary things. You know, and maybe the temporary thing is, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month. Or maybe the temporary thing is my car broke down and I don't know how I'm going to get to work. But be assured those are temporary things. And God has bigger things in store. God has bigger plans in store. God has eternal work that he's doing in you. You can read about that in that, uh, first, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 4. Um, and you can you read about how God is God will use these these uh, temporary things to bring about His eternal purposes, which is a great encouragement. And so, if you feel like you've been distracted or become anxious about some lost donkeys, I think that that we're given a little glimpse into the into what's going on with Samuel and Saul. That God has bigger plans for Saul, and I believe this as well. That God has bigger plans for you. God bless you. Talk to you next time.